Hello and welcome back to the History of the British Isles, episode 20, Edmund, doing deeds since 940. Overall, this is the 25th episode I've made of the podcast. We're halfway to 50 episodes. So I can achieve a backlog and also to take off some of my load, I've decided that I'll be doing episodes every two weeks instead of every week. This is more achievable than what it has previously been and should allow me to keep up more regular releases. I might occasionally release an episode a week from another. This is just a general rule. Remember to follow me on Twitter and join the Discord. If you really love the show, consider supporting me on Patreon. Also remember to give me a good review wherever you can. This makes it easier to find. If you haven't heard, Apple will introduce you a category for history podcasts in the, in Apple, in the Apple Podcasts app soon. This will be a boon for me and most likely the rest of the history podcasting community. We have, a ch- we have more of a chance of being noted in the glut, I say, glut of society and culture podcasts. Just wanted to mention that. It's an interesting development in the world of podcasting. Also, before I start, I'd like to remind you to email me if you've got anything I do wrong or any feedback you want to give me or just anything. It'll be it's really great to hear from anyone who does email them. Now, let us begin. Edmund succeeded on the death of his half-brother, King Aethelstan, in 940. He was an experienced commander, having fought at Brunanburh alongside his brother. On succeeding the throne, Edmund faced a challenge up in Northumbria. A Viking off record as Cuaran took York, put Northumbria under siege and destroyed Tamworth. Edmund raised an army and marched up north. He besieged Curran at Leicester, who met him in battle. After hard fighting, Edmund came out victorious. Cuaran was able to escape the battlefield, though. The Ar- Edmund and Curran signed a peaceful settlement under the auspices of the Archbishop of Canterbury, Odo, and the Archbishop of York, York Wolfstan. We do not know exactly what this treaty contained. Only that England was split in two and each made each other their heir. The question remains, where did they split England? Simeon of Durham says that Edmund got everything south of Watling Street. But this, but this doesn't seem credible. Why would Edmund give up so much land to a man he had beaten? He was in a much stronger position than Curran. Historians think this is an exaggeration to make the divide seem like that between Alfred and Guthrum. It is more likely that all of the land south of a line between around Sheffield and Whitwell on Humber was under Edmund's control. In 941, Curran died. Edmund, Edmund retook northern Mercia. Violating the treaty, Curran had been succeeded by a new king in Northumbria. At first, things were peaceful. Edmund even acted as godfather in the new king's baptism. In 944 or 5, Edmund expelled this new king from Northumbria and regained control of all of England. In 945, Edmund ravaged Strathclyde and granted it to King Malcolm of Scotland. This was likely to secure the king's fealty. Edmund, the busy bee, also played a role in in the restoration of King Louis IV of France to his throne. Louis had been captured by the Norse of Rouen. These Norse sent him to Duke Hugh the Great of Normandy. Edmund asked for King Louis to be released. The chronicler of Recaris records about the event. Edmund, King of the English, sent messages to Duke Hugh about the restoration of King Louis. 
and the Duke accordingly made a public agreement with his nephews and other leading men of the kingdom, Hugh, Duke of the Franks, allying himself with Hugh the Black, son of Richard, and other leading men of the kingdom, restored King Louis. Now let's get on to something I've cooked up for you, which is a bit more, which breaks from the norm, well at least the modern norm of the podcast. Now, let us let us hop into our time machine. Look at time ticking in front of you, the clock moving backwards, the fall of the Soviet Union, the Second World War, all flicking by in seconds. You see the Industrial Revolution in Waterloo, then Agincourt, the Bannockburn. The Battle of Hastings flicks by in a second. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a grand hall. Nobody there seems to notice the presence, not least of all the king. This is King Edmund, Lord of Britannia. He is fealty from the Scots and the Welsh. You are at his royal villa in Picklechurch. The day is the 26th of May, 946, the feast of St Augustine. This is an important event in the Anglo-Saxon year, but for some reason you feel a sense of foreboding. A man runs up to the king carrying a knife. The assailant stabs Edmund. Not one for crying over his wounds, he stabs the man back and kills him. Edmund's own wound is fatal, though. The great king dies in a puddle of blood. Edmund's, Edmund's assailant was Leofa, an exiled robber, who, remembered to be, who will be remembered to history as Edmund Magnificent, or alternatively, Edmund the Deer, Deed-Doer, hence the name of the episode. He is also referred to as Edmund the Elder to differentiate him from later Edmunds. He was buried at Glastonbury. Edwin was succeeded by one of his brothers, continuing the lines of sons of Edward the Elder succeeding the throne. This brother was Edward, a frail man who never got married. It should be said that Edmund did indeed have sons of his own. They were just considered too young to succeed. Edward was crowned, like all of the kings since Edward, in Kingston-upon-Thames. Another tradition that, that continued was a pretender taking control of Northumbria. This time, it was the deposed king of Norway, Eric Bloodaxe. Edward, despite his frailness, was a good commander and marched up to Ripton. At this point, he got the submission of the Northumbrians. In 952, Eric himself was deposed. This would not last for long, as the treacherous Archbishop Wolfstand of York captured Edward and reinstated Eric. In 945, the Northumbrians themselves felt sorry and deposed Eric and went back to being subjects of Edward. This is the last time a pretender would rise in Northumbria, at least in this sense. Edward died in 955 of a digestive disorder, which stopped him from being able to eat any food. And so I bring this episode to an end. Sorry that I didn't release an episode last week. Once again, please follow me on Twitter and join the Discord. Also email in. There were some moments where I realised I might have done something wrong. Remember that I am taking from sources what I glean as correct narrative. Some, mo- some if not most, sources are non-narrative. 
and it could really do with someone who might have more knowledge about a particular thing or might have spotted something glaringly obvious that I did wrong, contact me on my email. If you can, please also do support me on Patreon. I'd also like to say what we're going to doing at the Battle of Hastings, at least a rough plan. There'll be one episode as a general overview and another episode on all the battles involved in 1066. Remember, I have not done all of my research for this event yet, because we are quite a way off. But, uh, so this is just a rough prediction of what we'll do. Then, uh, uh, after that, I'll sweep over the rest of the British Isles up to 1066. The big thing that I'm very excited about, though, is an alternate history. What if Harold won the Battle of Hastings? Patrons will get that two days earlier than the rest of you, as a thank you to them. If you are of the tier, which, if your tier gives them you, to the you a day early anyway, you get them three days early. I hope to get through all of that by September and move on to medieval Britain. That's all for now. Goodbye!